Now, everyone knows that American millionaires live on Park Place. But did you know that sometimes they get sent to jail, they don't pass go, and they definitely do not collect $200? I thought you were going to discuss insider trading there for a second, but you're actually talking about the rules of monopoly, aren't you? Quiet, Nathan. I'm just going to buy up the Pennsylvania Railroad. Uncle, when we grow up, we want to be just like you. Rich! Well, boys, I'll tell you my secret. Build hotels on boardwalk. These are commercials from Monopoly that aired in the 1980s and 90s. Monopoly's been bringing people together for almost 50 years. That's how long we've been wheeling and dealing together, building hotels together, and going to jail together. Corner the market in utilities. You can't lose. Whether or not Monopoly brought your families together, or more likely drove them apart, one thing is clear, and it has to do with that 50 years part. These commercials have their history all wrong. Producer Kelly Jones caught up with the author of a book about the origins of Monopoly. Here's Kelly to tell us more. The common story about Monopoly's origins is a classic rags-to-riches tale, and it goes like this. In the 1930s, a despondent and unemployed man named Charles Darrow invented the game to make himself feel better about being poor. Ultimately, and this is the part of the story that is true, Darrow became the first millionaire board game inventor when he sold it to Parker Brothers, living the very dream that Monopoly celebrates. But Mary Pylon, author of The Monopolists, says that Darrow didn't invent Monopoly. It was invented by a woman a few decades earlier, and it was originally called Landlords. The game dates to a woman named Elizabeth McGee, and she gets a patent for her Landlords game in 1904. And she had originally devised the game as a teaching tool to protest against monopolies and the monopolists of her time. Elizabeth, or Lizzie McGee, was a devout follower of anti-monopolist crusader Henry George. He was the author, most famously, of Progress and Poverty, a book that sold millions of copies in the 1880s and 90s. At the time, the only book that sold more was the Bible. And the core of his argument was something called a land value tax or a single tax. And his basic idea was that people should own 100% of what they made or created, but that things found in nature, like land, should belong to everybody. George's efforts kick-started progressive reforms around the turn of the century. But when he died in 1897, his followers were concerned that they wouldn't be able to keep his movement afloat. At the time, Lizzie McGee had been delivering anti-monopolist lectures in her Maryland living room. She felt a strong responsibility to keep the single tax message alive. And lo, the game of landlords was born. And much like Monopoly today, you pick a token, although the charms and things wouldn't have been there, and you try to make your way around the board gathering properties. And her original board had railroads, it had uh, go to jail, it had um, public park instead of free parking. So it's not wildly dissimilar from what a lot of us know as Monopoly today. But the landlord's game was different in one crucial way. McGee's game had two sets of rules. In the monopolist rule set, the goal was to gobble up all the property you could and drive your opponents into bankruptcy. But in the second, anti-monopolist, single-tax-inspired rule set, every player benefited when one player benefited. There were no taxes on essential utilities. All rent was first paid to a public treasury, not a private property owner. That public treasury eventually got used for things like making railroads and college free for everyone and raising wages, that fistful of dollars you get for pass and go. The game was declared over in just five rounds. 
it might seem weird to have invented a game that you have to play twice. But the two rule sets were supposed to teach, through stark contrast, the merits of spreading wealth versus the evil of hoarding it for oneself. The two rule sets lasted for a couple of decades. McGee renewed the game's patent in 1924. But by then, it was clear which rule set was the most popular. And even as capitalism's boom-and-bust cycle showed its ugly side in 1929, the monopolistic rules prevailed. They allow us uh, a context for role-playing. And I think that this idea of being able to throw around property and a lot of money at a time when the middle class didn't have a lot of that and was very much struggling, there's a fantasy aspect to that that I think made Monopoly really, really appealing. Charles Darrow, the guy usually credited with inventing the game, capitalized on the appeal of this fantasy to Depression-era Americans down on their luck. His board game was just landlords without McGee's single tax rules. He called it Monopoly and sold it to Parker Brothers in 1935. The same year, Parker Brothers bought up McGee's patent for just $500, cornering the market on financial board games and essentially securing a monopoly on Monopoly. Mary Pylon says it wasn't simply the very real prospect of poverty that made middle-class Americans want to play at being rich. Because as middle-class prosperity returned after World War II, Monopoly continued to enjoy huge popularity. In fact, at that very time, tiny irons, thimbles, Scotty dogs, and top hats became staples of American households. You know, the middle class needs a nice refrigerator and they need, you know, nice appliances and you have the rise of the suburbs and things like that. And Monopoly very much becomes like another ubiquitous household item. In the second half of the 20th century, the aspiration to wealth was coming to define the American dream. More and more, it was a part of what it meant to be middle class. Monopoly, the cunning, cruel, and, according to Lizzie McGee, evil version of the game, perfectly embodied the new American dream. And if you wanted to keep up with the Joneses, you'd better have a hotel on Boardwalk. Producer Kelly Jones. Helping her tell that story was Mary Pylon, author of the book The Monopolists. 